and we're here, people. Yo, we're back. People. It's another episode of the Talking TV podcast. I'm Dom. That's Chris. I'm just getting right into it. And uh, Chris, I finally get to where. Actually, wait. No, this is the. Actually, no. This is the first one of my new shirts that I got for like the last couple batch of shirts that I got. A bunch of theme shirts on an official podcast episode of ours. It is a Fast and Furious shirt. Your absolute favorite action franchise because it pertains one of the best. to yeah because it pertains to you know the streets. You know the Fast and Furious started out low. They started out humble. They started on the streets, which is where the movie that we're talking about today takes place. You know it's it's cool. It's been a while since I've gotten like a street subgenre movie. You know they they don't make a lot of those anymore. Yeah, well, what would even be another one? Uh, Training Day. Okay. The uh, Street gotcha. Kings. Literally any movie made by David Ayer that's not Fury ever, even Suicide Squad in a way qualifies for that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> no, I there's a couple other ones. No, th- there's a couple other ones. Boys in the Hood uh, qualifies as one. Yeah, we used to get okay. a lot of movies in that subgenre, but we don't get as many anymore. But it's always Seems nice. Very uh, late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, definitely of its time. But what I, but what I'm saying is that when we do get a good one, it definitely does stand out. Not necessarily saying that this movie is the case. No, but... it's definitely not the case. But yeah, I know but, what you're yeah. trying to say. Yeah, you get, you get, you get. Training day stood out. I know you are, what you're you, to you say. are picking up what I'm putting down. Look, I can tell Man, that. So dumb, real quick. I, I know you kind of splurged on some shirts lately. So yeah, what I was, did. Like the. Uh, the rationale behind that. The rationale was I wanted to get more shirts because I need more themed shirts. I tried you H&M. Can't keep wearing the same clothes on no, YouTube. No, I can't. I can't because I'm in the same uh, boat, man. I well, just also because a bunch I have the same wardrobe. I don't have like a very changing. I don't have a very variant wardrobe. You know, like I've okay. I've started to get repetitive, and I'm like, okay, I need so more. You're trying to up shirts. your swag a bit, yeah. But also because I didn't have that many themed shirts. Like you got me a, the Ahsoka shirt for my birthday. It's my birthday, mm-hmm. by the way, people. Well, not when this podcast goes up, but on the day that we're recording. Right it now, it is happy birthday, Dom. Thank you, dude. And uh, everyone, wish him a happy birthday in the comments. Twenty three. It's not going to be your fault for being a few days late. This is true. Oh man, no. dude. Do you remember? No one's going to fault you for it. Do you remember this day a year ago? Do you remember where we were? I do. I do. We yeah. were down in Yonkers. That was a fun party. It was a good time. That was a fun party. The that New Year's a, party. That was a fun party. The New Back Year's when party. People could congregate more than three yeah, people in a room. Exactly. Yeah. The New Year's party. That was a little bit of a different story. But that that birthday party <laughs> last year. That was no specific was details because awesome. I'm always gracious to the people no, who no host need, me, and uh, yeah. there's no need to divulge any yeah, details. So, both events were fun in their own way. But real quick, because I know we've been kind of loosely documenting the effects of the quarantine on us normal people throughout this podcast, very loosely at the start of the shows, really. So you went out to the mall. Yeah. What was that like? Because um, I'm only buying stuff online right now. Uh, for the most part, like, aside from the masks and the lines, obviously, that we kind of all gotten used to as far as, like, the, the, you know, spacing things out, it wasn't that bad. I tried H&M first. They had a, I, I picked this up and a few other things, but they didn't really have that many theme shirts, which I was actually kind of shocked at because they had way more at Christmas. Hmm, but then I okay. went to Target, which is actually where I got your Christmas present last year, and oh, man. Target doubled down on the themed shirts and realized what a gold mine they have because I picked up, count it off for me, people. I picked up a Marvel shirt. I picked up a Game of Thrones, I drink and I know things shirt. I picked up a Blockbuster shirt, a Jurassic Park shirt, a Star Wars shirt, and the Anna Lion King shirt. It was plus this. Solid eclectic bunch right there. It's a pretty great batch. It is a I'm pretty great I'm assuming the H&M shirt was like the price of two of those Target shirts. Yep, you would be correct. Of course. Of course, because that's so how it works. Why would you not go to Target? Because I didn't think that Target was going to have that stuff at first. No, no I'm not saying you. I'm after. saying like just a generalization. Like, why would you not go to Target? Well, you know, the I question is, open the well, the question for is, a lot of people. Which one is the bigger corporation here? Target. Exactly. 
but H and M also has like their snooty hipster crowd. I agree. That would pay three dollars for a shirt. I, pay three dollars more for a shirt made the I same agree, exact way. But as I'm the saying shirt. that from the perspective of us, which one is going to seem like the giant evil conglomerate? And even though they both are, I'm not disputing with you on that. Oh, yeah, they okay. both are. Yeah, one what is going to Soros does own H and uh, Target, but. We don't need to get all Alex Jonesy in here. I don't yeah, even know right. if you can say that name. You can say that name on YouTube. You can but... say that name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not saying uh, good Alex, things about him. I watched Alex Jones on Joe Rogan, the, like the funniest bits the other day, and he reminded me of someone, and I totally was drawing a blank on it. But True, someone yeah. Joe Rogan has true. him on YouTube. But listen, people, this is the as as fun as I've had on the clothing hour, and I know as much as Chris is dreading actually talking about the movie, we are here to talk about the new <laughs> Netflix original why. movie. Project Power. Um, it is released by I, I I can't remember these guys' names, so I'm gonna look it up real quick. Well, is someone like the, the Batman writer was involved in this, the upcoming uh, Batman movie or something like that. Like, yeah, what, actually, what have I been hearing about that? Actually, yeah, you're right. And I think like him and Joseph Gordon Levitt working together pre Batman or something like that, right? Or no no Robert Pattinson's the Batman. Robert so. Pattinson's the Batman. This now, is this like is his not, like first big not outing. Following uh, the Nolan movies, the Nolan movies are done. Yeah. So it's directed by Henry Juice and Ariel Shulman, who back in 2016 released a very small movie called Nerve. I didn't watch it, but everybody that I know who watched it really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and same. actually I got watch it either. really interesting out of it. From what I heard, it was kind of like it, it, it was like a purge slash Hunger Games mix, but like in the modern day with social media. And the thing that I like is that these guys say what you will about the quality of their movies is that these guys definitely seem to have their fingers on the pulse as far as like the modern day like zeitgeist goes and i think that that really rings true because the thing if, if we could just jump in real quick Let's before i kind of plot is that the thing that i can tell you right off the bat that i actually really enjoyed about this movie first off is that it seems to be the next installment in a couple of movies now that we've gotten in the last year and a half. I'd say everything post-Avengers Endgame that has kind of been part of this little subgenre I've noticed called the anti-superhero genre. Where all of a sudden, we're getting all of this material that kind of questions what it is that we love about superheroes. Because after a decade of being inundated with superhero and Marvel content, very similar content, you know, you've complained at nauseam about it. I'm even starting to feel the after effects of it, even though I do love a majority of those movies. I'll say that it almost feels like Hollywood, whether they actually want to say something or the more obvious reason, because they just want to make a buck and because they noticed the Joker made a billion dollars at the box office. I mean, Joker was an interesting case because that was really just Todd Phillips trying to get his latest... Um, What's it called? Trying to get his movie made and he, like, you know, his mid budget adult movie, which those movies aren't profitable in theaters anymore, but he slapped a massively popular superhero um, IP on it. And next thing you know, it made for a time, for it made on the tiny budget that it wasn't made a billion dollars. But you had The Boys and Watchmen both last year. You've got what you've got the boys season two coming out soon there are a couple other things that came out that were like kind of in that vein i know m night Shyamalan tried to do something like that last year with glass we all saw how that turned out but um Movie of last yeah. year the number yeah. one film of last year <laughs> in the worst, worst category number one worst, maybe yeah <laughs> yeah but uh only after only after rise of skywalker but right. uh yeah, that's the thing that I did enjoy about this movie is that these guys say what you will about how this movie was executed, but these guys definitely, I think, added a new kind of way to examine kind of that anti-superhero struggle where, you know, you had the boys, which was dealing with the celebrity of it all, you know, and then you had Watchmen, which again, very similar to the original comic, was tackling it from kind of the pop culture slash historical perspective, which is what, what I happened. I say the morality of it too. all. Well, the, the morality is always involved. That's that's the thing that's always involved, like regardless. But the I thing think, that I liked about I think like this, the, uh, 
the political morality rather with the watchman okay. i would All say right. is a big thing the go. um but how the, divisive no. some of the episodes are and whatnot go yeah. check out our watchman reviews multiple yeah. Definitely. We, we, it's been covered a lot on this channel. But the thing that I liked about this is this is tackling it from the perspective of something that we've actually talked about a lot when it comes to the genre recently, which is kind of like the addiction aspect, where where metaphorically this movie is literally saying, yo, we are addicted to superhero content because we all hate our lives and they're all miserable. And like drugs, we want to turn to something that will so, that will give us an escape. And for right now, superheroes seem to be occupying a lot of that. Another example that I just realized, The Umbrella Academy, which basically is on Netflix, which is basically like an inverse of the X-Men, which is basically where like, yeah, what if the X-Men were actually like a bunch of like real kids that were like messed up by this one billionaire who just adopted them and basically turned them into superheroes without them really having a choice and kind of examining the after effects of that and what happens, you know? So kind of, so, so that's kind of like my take on what these guys were trying to go for. And from that perspective, I really enjoyed it. Now, how it was executed, that's a different story. And I will be the first person to admit that this is not a perfect movie, but I still got a lot of stuff to enjoy about it. But before I go on with it, Chris, what are your thoughts on Project Power so far? Like going into it, what you had heard about it, if anything, and then what your thoughts on it. And don't mince words here either. All I heard was... Uh the rumblings about a month ago when it had gotten announced and you sent me the trailer and it looked interesting and i was actually really excited about it too i remember sending you like a text back and i was like something like can't wait like this looks like it's going to offer something new and it's going to keep along with like the whole bright burns and the boys of the world which i've been more so enjoying than i have the major blockbuster chains like the mcu and the dceus and all that type of stuff of the world which sure i've come to uh, appreciate the mcu a little more than i have in the past but i still double down actually now doing more research on the issues i have with it and so i was like very much so looking forward to it and i figured for actors like you know joseph gordon levitt and jamie fox to want to be on board with this especially considering it's like a netflix film which i think that term is becoming a bit stigmatized i um i couldn't agree more when i say that uh it had promise for me it had hope because why would these big actors choose to be on it especially joseph gordon leavitt coming out of his like little retirement you know he nobly stepped aside to like raise his family and like do all that type of stuff for a little while which is cool and now he's like making his return so i feel like he's really picking and choosing so and then with the trailers too it seemed like there was a lot there and i love the whole you know sentiment of it like we're addicted to superheroes and and the whole double meaning and i think it's it's certainly a thinker on paper which is why i think a bunch of big names were excited about it. A bunch of big names signed on for it, you know, in the form of Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt even had cameos from Casey Neistat, who's like one of the biggest YouTubers yeah, of all time. I noticed that. I was like, I didn't recognize that guy, but they were giving that guy a lot of screen time. I'm like, who is that guy? And then somebody yeah. put in a Facebook He was also chat. a nerve. I think him and the director are friends. I think so, yeah. So I was excited by all, by all means. You know, you guys have heard me say nothing but good things about the Watchmen, the boys. And uh, I've been talking about like, the more of this deconstructive superhero realm I consume, the more I just got to find a rainy day where I can watch, watch, I mean, uh, Brightburn, because I feel like I'm going to like that a lot. But for all the good this movie had going into it, I, I feel like it, it fell apart in the actual filmmaking process. I think the pre-production process is where the strength was, but I have so many issues with this film, uh, stre stretching from the f uh, performances to the cinematography, the shots, just confusing the moment and, and, and just taking away from the moment the framing uh, i i really just i have we'll get into it because i can't dissect it all at once but i think where this if i was to read this script before seeing this movie i would be like holy this is incredible i cannot wait to see this made and i just i just feel a little let down 
So you'd say your problem. Product. You'd say your problem was very much within the actual filmmaking itself. The filmmaking itself, yeah. Okay. See, that's funny because that's not necessarily one of my problems that I have with it. I weirdly enough, and it's funny because most of the time, the way that this film was shot, I can't stand this type of filmmaking. Like that very frenetic, very hectic editing. It reminds me very much of the late two thousands when every action movie was shot like you strapped a GoPro to somebody's chest and then edited out every other frame, so you couldn't tell what the hell was going on. But I think the thing that got me past it was the fact that again this premise was so insane and i think that the biggest thing to me is that in just a year in general coming off a couple of years now obviously this year is a big exception given everything that's going on but after a couple of years where it just seemed like just creativity and originality was just sapped from everything and everything even the lesser known stuff was starting to become derivative of things that we'd seen before this finally felt like i'm like whoa this is something completely new that i really haven't seen before and I'm like, yeah, sure, we're getting kind of similar performances to one we've seen before. It just felt like this movie had the energy that I've been missing from so many previous movies. And then as it went on, I was like, oh, okay, now we're getting into generic territory. Because to me, it's so funny because I don't, I can't exactly pinpoint the moment when this started to get like really generic. Because, but I just remember it started off awesome. The scene where Jamie Foxx and Machine Gun Kelly, like when Machine Gun Kelly lights himself on fire. Also, I love how he's gone back to Machine Gun Kelly now. I think that's hysterical. He was going for like the term, his real name, Colson Baker for a while. And then after that, like when Jamie Foxx kidnaps Dominique Fishback and then they kind of start their quest, that to me is when it starts to like get slightly more generic and become like, a, I'm like, okay, I've seen this before, you know? But so I guess talk about a little bit more about like some of the other things that kind of didn't like you you talked about the filmmaking and how that translated but like i guess what i'm trying to ask is do you think that it's a matter of like was it too generic for you like was it a matter of it just didn't take full advantage of its premise because that was a big criticism that i heard about this was that the was a lot of critics said that even though it had an insane premise it didn't take full advantage of it and i'm inclined to agree with that yeah the interesting part to me is the world it's not what happens within the world meaning the story you know the the three-act structure that we get You've seen that before. I mean, it, it's it's nothing new. It's very unfortunate that it's nothing new. And of course, the one fear that I had going into the beginning of it with that awesome, I thought that first sequence as well was pretty cool with uh, MGK and Jamie Foxx. And yeah, that was a great sequence. Of course, that's like really the most you see of the power itself, the uh, power being yeah. the drug in the film. Yeah, yeah. and it's like Definitely. okay, so this. They, they, they it very say, much becomes a background gimmick as time goes on. Yeah, they say, um, okay, well, you can have all these different types of powers, but we see four, we see bulletproof, we see fire, we see ice very briefly, and we don't even see the full extent of ice. Right. We see it contained in a cage, and we see maybe one more. Someone turns big and gets like Hulk strength, so we see right. pretty much the Rodrigo Santoro character, your guy. Yeah, well... I mean, he let me down. He's let me down quite a bit this year. Let's yeah, put it he that has. Way. <laughs> yeah, he has. Go check out our Westworld review. But um, yeah, right. <laughs> with that being said, you know, uh, it's like, oh, cool. So you can have any power, and there wasn't a single creative original one. Because I could think of so right. many, like, even if they're silly little meaningless powers. I mean, look at the boys. You know, the boys had some unique powers you've never seen before. Like, why couldn't we have something like that? Like, like get get a little creative, man. It just did the world to play in the sandboxes had so much life. And then you get there and there's like one toy and you're just like, oh, cool. I have a shovel and sand seen this before. Like the one thing that I'll the one thing that I'll say is advertising to me. Okay. The one that I'll say is bad advertising. 
the one thing that I'll say as far as the effects go is that that's another thing that I'm just going to blame directly on Netflix. I'm not necessarily going to blame that on the filmmakers because the one thing that I did like, at least just specifically from a visual standpoint, forget like the creative, from a visual standpoint, this to me was like more visually interesting and dynamic than like 90% of the stuff that net, of, that I've seen from Netflix because Netflix, like we've talked about specifically on our Netflix episode, to me, after a while, especially since we're inundated with so much content on Netflix, it all starts to look the same. The sets all look similar. The, the yeah. even the, some of the lines that they say start to sound exactly the same. I'm like, I've heard that line in five other different Netflix things. I'm like this visual, but the thing that I like is that these guys actually like wanted to add some color and some uniqueness to it. Like it, it definitely became more muted as time went on, and it definitely felt like by the time they got to the third act, they were running really low on their budget. They're like, okay, guys, come on, we got to wrap this up. But we're arguably it half, should have been, you know, agreed. The yeah, most. I'm sorry. What, yeah, when, when when your first act shows all your cards that's a problem that's a big and that's problem what i'm saying like it, it certainly roped me in at first and i yeah. hadn't seen jamie fox in, in anything in a while and yeah especially joseph gordon leave it you know i hadn't watched yeah. the amazon film of his yet so i was excited honestly i was yeah joseph gordon leave it finally make his comeback this year he'll also be <laughs> yeah. in trial chicago seven later this year yeah well, we'll he be was watching great that one that's and, uh, he wasn't bad but it's just i don't think him or Jamie Foxx were given much to show their full talent. I agree. Full but the one thing and had I not of, seen any like of their past performances that are, you know, pretty good. Like for example, Jamie Foxx and Ray, even though I don't speak about that movie that much as a musician, you know, I've seen it and it's one of my favorite, if not favorite biopic. I mean, it's, there's always a toss up between a big three. That's another podcast for a different day. So, I mean, I know what he's capable of. I don't think he even scratched the surface of what he's capable of in this movie. And it's very unfortunate because again, I keep saying like, I would have preferred seemingly any other direction to take in this film than the generic rescue and recover. Right. So and again, that that's a story thing, right? But the thing that I'll say is that even with the story, and again, this might just be the fact that I am just so craving all just like great performances because we really haven't gotten that many this year just because again, it, this year, it really has been slim pickings that we've had to take what we could get because of COVID. So I don't know if this is just me giving this movie like a little bit of a pass because of COVID, but I personally thought that Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levy were giving great performances. It's just, it's just been a while since I've seen those guys be awesome at something because the last movie that I saw Joseph Gordon leave it in before he took a break from acting in order to look over after his kids was that, was that Edward Snowden biopic, which he was good in, but he was very, very muted, you know, and it's been a while since I've seen like, remember, remember the beginning of the decade, like to, that 2009, 2010 period when Joseph Gordon leave it was like going to be like the next big thing. And then he made Don John in 2013. And that just kind of went away immediately. And Jamie Foxx, like I said, as recently as baby driver, he was the best part about baby driver. So I, I mean, I know that he's capable and I really, really like these two. And I like the girl too, Dominique Fishback. Um, she's relatively new. She was in that HBO show, the deuce with James Franco. Um, and I she was, see that, but I, I enjoyed her a lot actually. Yeah. She was really good. She was arguably the best part about this movie. Like she held she, her own. She had life. She had charisma. She felt like a three dimensional person, a real character. Right. Yeah. Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon Levitt felt very one note to me. Yeah, I think they were tight and it was definitely their performances that were carrying their very one note character moments that we've seen before. I mean, I think it's some of the writing, but I also think it's 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 kind of, to me, bad direction is what this comes down to. For example, that ice scene, right? Where right. The, uh, Casey yeah, that to me is where um, the problem started to wife, emerge. Whatever she was, we never really know. Um, she's like the example. They're like, hey, rich person who's probably going to buy a bunch of this power. Trust me enough to give me your girl real quick and we'll put her in this cage and have her take this thing. She's going to be okay. She turns into an ice queen, whatever you want to call it, like that type of thing. And she uh, she um, like starts exploding. But what was probably an amazing action sequence 
was muddled by graphics on the screen of ice going all over inside this cage with muted sound and just I I, I don't understand. You could have shot that any other way. Yeah. And that was arguably like one of the, the most expensive scenes because you had like pretty much all of the big names in one scene in that movie. Uh, and and it's like that there was a lot of CGI in that scene and it, it's like why? Like that it, again, it, because it's it, so it confusing. Felt- it completely took me out of the moment. It felt like, hey, let's do something artistic for the sake of being artistic. But are we asking any of the questions that good directors ask? Right. How does this enhance it, the scene? How does this enrich the story? It seems like they didn't you know do that for like, majority of this. You know movie. what it? You know what it felt like? It felt like that scene in the beginning of Guardians Two, where you know where Baby Groot is dancing around, and you just see the background image of the big action shot. Where again, it's like. This it, it, I'll tell you exactly what it is and why I have a problem with it because you're absolutely right. Is the problem is that it's a scene that is pretending to be artistic when really it's just shot that way in order to save money because like all the action is what we should be yeah. following, but the action is only given to us in vignettes and rather we're just following around the ice queen as she's like slowly being frozen and dying because that's what we think what that the attention is going to be on. But like we all have brains and we all have common sense and we all kind of know that that's going to happen and especially with the way it's shot like that scene to me which is followed by the Rodrigo Santoro hulking out scene, which is like the worst use of CGI I'd seen in that movie. That yeah. was like an Irish, that was like that Irish, if you're like comedy central bit, which is like, oh God, like it just looks gross. I'm like, Can what I am have, I back in the... Before we get too far from this though, because I, I like actually that you brought up the uh, Guardians 2 opening scene, but I disagree with you. I think that that scene was pivotal well, that scene to was actually creative. tone. That, right. that scene, but that scene was, I think, for the tone of the movie to let you know that, hey, Things are going to get serious. There's a crazy action scene in the background, but this is still a Guardians film. Nothing has changed. Yeah, it's been a while, but we're still back in the setting that you guys love so much yeah. the first time around. So it at least to me had some intent, some thought, hey, maybe the directors got lucky. Maybe they didn't think that. You never know. But I at least want to I at least want to be able to critique it that way because I love film so much and, and, and I want to watch good film as much as I can, you know, and I want to. Yeah. And as an aspiring, you know, we're both hopefully one day aspiring filmmakers. I, I can't not do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when I ask these questions in this film, I, I fall short many times like I did with this specific moment of no yeah, reason it's behind definitely, it. It's definitely one of those movies that is not trying to get you to ask the deep questions that it feels like it should. And again, that's a problem because when you're a movie that's trying to posit this many actual questions and actually add something to the conversation as far as like our kind of our obsession with superheroes like why then do you just like almost it's almost like you're taking a backward step with every single step and especially considering the fact that like you like the like the thing that i liked is it almost felt like they were trying to be like creative and show off like, like kind of like all this technology and then in, in order to like distract you from the story. And I guess I should have realized that early on. Like to me, I feel like the minute that we started seeing the flashbacks with Jamie Foxx with the daughter, I was starting to be like, oh no, that's where this is going. And yeah, it really took away, especially considering the fact that again, so much to me, the focus should be on the pills. And like the fact that like you don't know, like at any minute, somebody's going to take these pills and they're going to like, you know, turn crazy or whatever, you know? And I felt like the last act should have been like, almost like a raid sequence where it's like the three of them and they just have to make their way up through this building, you know, like helping each other out, like, you know, original superhero team wise. I'm not saying that like that would have been better than necessarily what we got, but I certainly know it would have been more inventive and more entertaining, you know? And, and the other thing too, that I think was a huge missed opportunity that I don't think they took advantage of enough is the fact that they sit, they specifically state that when you take these pills, besides the fact that you only get the powers for five minutes, which I thought was interesting, but they didn't do enough with, I thought that, um, what's it called? 
A, you know, the, the fact that people didn't know what powers they were going to get. I thought that was interesting. And that, I, I don't think they tapped into that enough because the whole thing is that, like, I, I felt like there should have been a thing where it's like the, whatever power you get should be, like, associated with whatever your personality is, you know? And they really didn't do that at all. It's just like, oh, you take a pill. Oh, you get fire powers. Oh, you get ice powers. Oh, you grow horns from your chest. Oh, you hulk out, you know, all that stuff. And then the other big big thing too that i had a problem with that i don't think they took advantage of is again like there, there was one time i think where i saw this happen one time which is where they took the pill and then they just blew up because the whole thing is the pills are predictable are unpredictable and you don't know what you're going to get and a very unfortunate side effect was that you you would blow up as a result yeah but it's so, okay that we only saw it once because they spoke about it 90 times right and again <laughs> Which, if you didn't pick up on my sarcasm, like not show. You're making my point for me. So, yeah. if you didn't pick up on my sarcasm, yeah. also there, in between you guys yeah. But yeah, no, we got it. Yeah, definitely. So again, I think it's safe to say that I still like this movie a lot more than you did. But again, I do have problems with it. It's not a perfect movie. Again, I'll I'll attribute this solely to the fact that I am very deprived of content and I'm not inundated. So it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, of the last couple, last couple of years, because I'm, I'm actually really surprised that I'm you, not. Like, what do you? What I'm good not. do you have to say about this film then? Again, because to me, it comes from the originality of the premise. And the problem is that, and I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but the problem is that I understand the need to critique and I understand the need to like say when something is problematic and fix it and when we don't like something. But at the same time, I do say that original ideas and premises like this one are so few and far between that when they do happen, we do have to give them credit where credit is due. Because how many? Because literally, again, I've talked about this with you before, which is how many times does Hollywood use a poorly made but an interesting idea that has promise, albeit being poorly made and it just needs to be perfected as an excuse to be like, oh, okay, people don't like original ideas. Let's just give them the next sequel, you know? And then we get inundated with another like five plus years of of more than mediocre even more mediocre than I would say than this, or sorry, better quality than this, but more mediocre, still the same mediocre storytelling that we see as far as just more sequels and remakes go, you know? And I understand also that not everything is obviously going to be on the level of The Boys or Watchmen, but those are two very specific examples made by people who are very, very creative and have been doing this for a while. And also, let's be honest, have a lot more money behind them than Netflix because The Boys is Amazon, which say what you will about that that show is still another very low budget show, but it knows how to use its budget and not look cheap like everything Netflix does. And uh, Watchmen is HBO, which has like money. Like money, money, like Game of Thrones money. So again, those are the two things that I have to take into consideration. Yes, I agree with you on absolutely everything about the more than generic plot points, about the more than genetic generic character types, on the fact that they did not take full advantage of the premise. I am with you on that. But as far as, again, besides the fact that we are not inundated with as much content, we got to give original ideas like this the props that they do deserve. Because if not, then we're just contributing to more of the things that we hate about how movies are made now. I feel like I did that though. I feel like I was saying that and on paper, it's an amazing world. It's an amazing right. sandbox. I just right. think And I'll agree, it was not the best directed. CW execution that we got being the visuals, the very one note characters, the one beat performances, it doesn't echo what I would expect from the CW being that those are very one dimensional scripts. They're very much so in the style of old TV, you know, that that smallville esque writing style where we have to go 22 seasons so all the big things are going to be stretched out and we're not going to have as many moments that are uh, memorable because we have 22 episodes ordered by a studio in 2020 right. so 
that's where I can't forgive it when it doesn't pay off when it pays off in the same way as something that we understand why it is what it is. And we watch it because we know what we're getting into this. We had a clean slate and it's just, I'm just so man, you know, I'm all about the deconstructive superhero. Realm. Oh, I know I am too. You know, I live for it. I was it's excited for the superhero this. genre. And I just, I just to have like, like I'm with you when I say that they had a gold mine, they tapped into in the premise and just to like, execute it this way it just seems so criminal to like what i think and i have no one's seen the script outside of the in circles or whatever but to what i think on paper reads really well i i would have to assume i i don't know it's just i just can't get past it man because like for example that sequence at the end where uh you know joseph gordon leave it's sort of running through the uh the ship and you have all these tight action moments we didn't really see those action moments though. Like the, the editing, yeah. the, the camera shots were like, Oh, someone's in the hallway, duck behind you. Crazy cuts, very confusing stills dropping in and out. Then he's standing over them. And I think the budget just restricted a lot in that third act. Like you were saying so yeah. much of what could have recovered a very generic, like, you know, second act of like, Oh, we're establishing the team. Now the stakes are here. We have to go and retrieve this. We got to stop them from selling this thing or the new world order is going to take over. You know, you kind of knew it was going there and that would have been fine. Had we gotten the spectacle that it deserved at the end. And we just, we just didn't, I I don't know. You know what's funny about, you know, what's funny about that ending is that ending. Well, it, it felt like it was very much building up to have sequels and that like they were going to, be able to set that up where it's like, oh, Jamie Foxx's daughter wasn't there and they'd fight their way out. Now the three of them have to team up in order to go and find her and fight against and take down this evil corporation. And at the end, it was almost kind of like a nah. It was almost like Jamie Foxx was like, nah, I only only, only signed on for one contract and he was not down for sequels. And so they resolved his plots, but then they could potentially keep going with the Joseph Gordon Leavitt thing. But again, the problem too is that even though I love Joseph Gordon Leavitt in this movie, his whole arc felt like a complete afterthought as far as things go. Because Fishback yeah, he- is working with him at first, obviously. And then obviously she gets taken, kidnapped by Jamie Foxx, and then that whole arc takes over. And then the whole thing that happens is that all the Joseph Gordon-Levitt stuff is just like explained off screen. And it's like, oh, okay, so we're just supposed to forget about that whole arc. Right. And we don't even... I was very clearly setting up towards sequels. Maybe. It could have been. I kind of felt like it was until Jamie Foxx said that one line. (laughs) Yeah. But I do got to say, like, that whole relationship with him and the police commissioner, which is generic and we've seen it before but why even tap into it if it's just going to be a one scene thing like we didn't need that so you're right joseph gordon levitt he was just an afterthought and like dude we get it you're in new orleans like you don't got to have everything saints on your car like there's other things that define that city it was just like so trying to be in the setting do you know what i mean it just all felt so forced once it got off the page man which, again, is funny because the whole thing is that I'm like, wow, if this is supposed to take place in New Orleans, why in the hell does nobody have a New Orleans accent? Because New Orleans, right. like, that is, they have a very di- distinctive accent there, you know? Right. And you know like, what? Can I tell you? The only person who I heard speak about that other than you, which is uh, David of Flix Talk, he said that, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was kind of doing it in his review, but then every time to. he yelled, every time he yelled, it was just gone. Yeah. So it's like, it's, don't it's even funny. try, man. I think it went away. I think it was one of those things where he started off trying to do an accent and then it just went away as time went it on. It did. In the third I act, it, it was completely gone. Yeah. It was completely gone. Yeah. I, I don't so, know, man. Like, I just don't have too much good to say about this film, but you really didn't get into what you liked about it too much. 
Right. Well, again, is the problem is that, like I said, it's the originality of it and the fact that I wanted. It's so tricky because the problem is I literally just brought up like all the stuff that I don't like about it. I'm starting to pull like a Corey from the spill days where I'm like, oh, crap, did I actually like this movie? But again, the whole thing is that, like I said, it's one of those. And I cannot believe that I'm actually applying this argument here. And you're going to want to strangle me for this is that it was a very much a turn off my brain and enjoy it movie. And I hate to use that argument, especially given who I am. But again, just because we've been inundated or rather lack thereof, so little content as far as that goes, you know, and, and the last couple of movies that I watched, you know, like King of Staten Island, which was very, very heavy and very personal, especially towards like a little bit of what I've gone through in the past and Defy Bloods, which was very heavy and very political as friggin', you know, every Spike Lee movie is. And there were a couple other ones, you know, and the problem is that the movies have been so few and far between, especially like just last weekend with the tax collector and American pickle, two movies that were just, Ugh, just bottom of the barrel. Yeah, you just gotta forget those. Crap. Yeah, exactly. You gotta and, those and that's the problem is that, like, again, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but only because we really haven't been in this situation before, where we are just so slim pickets. Like, movies are closed. We're so the problem is again, it's part of our privilege. We are so used to being inundated with content from so much, like going to the theaters every weekend, watching stuff every single day. You know, because there's always new stuff. That now it's like, now that we're kind of like we have a reality check and we don't have as much stuff to watch. It's like. You know, got to take what you can get. And for the most part, I enjoyed watching it. It was one of the very rare circumstances that I haven't had in a while, which is where even though I knew what the problems were and the problems definitely started to emerge more and more as time went on, I still very much enjoyed it. And I was having a fun blast with it. I thought the performances were good. I thought that they were all very charismatic. I was having fun with it. This was the first movie in a while where some of the one-liners, I was actually quoting back to the movie, which is something I don't think I've done with a single movie this whole year with the exception of King of Staten Island. I think that was the only other movie where I did that this year. And that like, that shows something, you know, again, it's, it's, it's interesting. I was watching a video essay on, again, something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the Michael Bay Transformers movies, which I've already gone into nauseam about those, which is the idea that again, we're, we're human beings at the end of the day. And even though, yes, we are critics and analysts first and foremost, at the end of the day, we're human beings and we're subject to, um, to you know emotional responses to things and again part of the reason to me why i love the transformers movies is that even though yes they are incomprehensible yes they are ridiculous yes they are blatantly offensive yes the stories suck and are just repetitive you have to admire the filmmaking because at the end of the day there is nothing quite like this and even though i would not at all apply that argument to this movie what i'm saying is that as far as the emotional responses and just the enjoyment and the excitement that i got from watching this movie you know that to me is what carried it through, you know, and it's just like at, at for at the very least, I was seeing something creative here, you know, which is something that, again, it, it makes it the idea that like even the great stuff that we watch, especially for us, we kind of already have an idea that we're going to enjoy it. Like, let's face it. King of Staten Island, the minute that we saw Judd Apatow's name attached to it, we knew we were going to enjoy it to some aspect, you know? Same thing to me, at least to some extent, with Defy Blood. Spike Lee's a lot more of a problematic filmmaker, but we knew, kind of knew exactly what we were going to get. Like, even though I loved, I really enjoyed Defy Bloods, there were points in that movie where I'm like, yep, seen that in this movie. Yep, seen that in this movie. Yep, knew that was going to happen. Yep, knew Spike was going to do that. And literally to the point where the un- when that movie tried to be unpredictable, it kind of almost ended up deterring from the quality, you know, and with, and, and same with, with, a, with a lot of other things, you know, it just the problem is, is that just because we've been inundated with kind of the pop culture machine 
you know, especially given the internet and social media, it just makes everything so much less, it's so much more predictable and so much less enjoyable. Like I was having a conversation with my professor the other day where I was, I, I just dared to say that, you know, oh, I've seen this structure before. And he's like, oh, don't try to judge the structure of a movie based on the trailer alone. And I'm like, well, how about you stop? How about you tell trailer companies to stop making every single goddamn trailer the exact same? You know, how about you do that? Then I'll stop doing it. You know, again, it's the thing that we've been critiquing Hollywood on for since we started this, which is that they are, which is that, again, they seem to run out of ideas. And that rings true. And again, it really does kill me when even at the end of the year, when I make my top 10 lists, I can pretty much predict what my 10 favorite movies of the year are going to be. And there's only a few surprises. Like I can say for a fact that last year out of my top 10 list from 2019, there were only two surprises for me. And that was Klaus and Climax. Everything else that was on that list, I kind of knew was going to be on there. You know, and to me, that's a problem. That is a big problem when we can't be surprised by movies anymore. And so for this movie to surprise me as much as it did, even with all the problems involved, that to me is what got me through it. If that makes any sense at all. It does. Um, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm being like a negative Nancy. I've actually had like a great start to my morning, went outside, played with my puppy, took a swim. So I'm in good spirits today. We're recording a little earlier than usual, but I just don't want to settle. I don't want to. It's and I I'm agree. not saying and you, you are, but because I'm not. I. What? You know, I had the same thought when I saw, oh, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon leaving in a film. I'm probably going to like this. But I feel like I was, and I'm not saying you weren't. I'm just saying I feel like I was able to be objective enough to realize, well, you can have, I don't know, J.J. Abrams on this thing, right? Someone who I have a huge bias for. It's going to be a bad movie if it's a bad movie. Look at the most recent right. Star Wars film. Yeah. You know? I and agree. I think now you're seeing more so than ever that we're kind of getting these uh, straight to VOD projects in a sense films that the studios knew were going to flop. So that's really what a lot of 2019 has been that they were going to sprinkle in between 2020 in this case. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I'm just, I think I'm longing for better times, which is where I was going with this. It's like back in 2019, these kind of films were able to coast under the radar because you would get hit with the Joker. You would get hit with the once upon a time in Hollywood to cover up like the, uh, you know, not so good films or the films that like, maybe weren't the best or didn't like strike gold as much as they should have. Like Richard jewel comes to mind for just like, I won't fall victim to the, Oh, we're finally getting something new. And so I have to be a little nicer to this. I won't. All right. This was very thinly veiled and it just didn't make sense. Like it, it, it just like the, the filmmaking didn't make sense. It didn't translate. It didn't enhance the story at all. It, the choices from the creators felt poor. The acting was was poor at best. When your youngest actor who has the least amount of experience is bringing the most life to a role, especially when she's in a film with Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, two titans at this point, I would say, it's unacceptable to me. It's really unacceptable. Yeah. When I felt like I could have seen this as an introduction to a new DC show, if they did one of their classic four-part crossovers, I could have imagined Arrow jumping down on that cargo hanger at the top the same way that that dude who popped the bones out of his body did. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I will not. I will not stand for that. I won't. Yeah. I won't fall victim to that trap. And I'm not oh, saying man. you are. I'm just saying this is why I feel the way I do about this film especially because i was excited about it going into yeah, i was about to say you mean that, that's the, the kicker uh the spike motherfucker that guy like that's it's the kicker. yeah it's it's funny because like when i saw that power i'm like did they just pull a spike from x-men i mean i guess cool because right. i haven't exactly. seen that i haven't I mean, seen that ever but it's kind of a lame power to be honest you know and that's that's kind of like all i really have to say about this thing i'm not saying we have to end it but i'm just saying like for me to just keep beating a dead horse here I'm just I, I'm just gonna keep tripling, quadrupling down on my stance because I just I won't I won't just be nice to something because it's the only thing we have. Right. 
And I'm because, not saying that I'm being nice. That's the thing. I'm saying no, no, no. that. And I think I've made a good point of saying that these are all my thoughts. And I know you're not saying that. I'm just sort of rebuttaling you. Because I think like when art has been its best is when it was in reaction to some of like the most trying cultural times. Right. I agree. But I think people need to step up, you know? Yeah, definitely. Because we, we need good content. We need yes. to not settle right now. We need yes. something to take our mind off this madness. Absolutely. Yeah. And... I don't know. I just I just wonder when or if we're going to get that good content, because to me, all that I know is that it's either a matter of people haven't been reactive as they should be, or just the problem is that all the people that we hear are the vocal minorities. And the problem is that the majority of people who are still watching this stuff, they just don't care. You know, we've talked about it. They just want to be mindlessly entertained. It's funny. I watched. Did you watch the um, the Tim Dillon on Joe Rogan thing the other day? And he was talking about how people. Yeah, I've he seen was, a few clips of it. It's funny. He brought up a really interesting point, which is that like the whole idea of rights is that like people don't actually care about their rights. And the way that he phrased it, I'm like, I'm not entirely disagreeing with him at all. You know, like there's a reason why I made my senior. I haven't thesis. seen that clip. There's, I can't there, really speak yeah, to there's it. a reason why I and I can't believe I'm saying this because again, this seems to undercut the entire idea of our podcast. But there, to me, there's a reason why. To me, I think the idea of critics don't matter if they ever did you know but that's a whole podcast for another day look the point being is that project power while certainly a very problematic installment i think it does add something to the deconstructive superhero thing and even though yes it is very poorly made and it has problems up the wazoo i think the originality of it is something to be commended and i hope i hope at least for the best for the future since it looks like this movie is not going anywhere is that somebody could take something like this or at the very least be inspired by something like this as being original and do something more with it and actually come up with something creative and inventive going forward with it. I mean, man, if this is what we're getting, sign me out, you know? Yeah. Like, like I, I just can't keep getting excited for bad movies. It's yeah. 2020. I, oh, I felt three years ago. 2020. Yeah. Jesus. I don't Worst know. Worst year for so, movies yet. In conclusion, I will say that I've never been more let down in 2020 from a film because there's hasn't been many films I actually was excited for. So I was not really excited, but I was like, okay, cool. Seems like something good is finally coming down the pipeline. The whole tenets on, tenets off, tenets on, tenets off, that became a bit defeating. Yeah. I, I Snyder Cut news was, was just news to talk about because there was lack of something else. I, I saw it was happening, but then I saw this is some hope. And it was far from that. Wow. It was very far from that. Now, don't sound too defeatist there. Dude, like I said, I had a great day. I played with my puppy. I took a morning swim. It's been a great morning. But I got to be honest. When and you had to possible, record this podcast and you're like, oh, crap. I'm just being honest. I, I can't be you one of those be. guys who just you blindly supports this just because it has some big names in it. And it's the first of something in a while. I can't. All right. So closing so, thoughts. Get out well, of here. I mean, I already gave my closing thoughts pretty much, but yeah, like, right. like I so, said, yeah. star ratings, uh, star ratings, one out of 10. Wow. Uh, I give this, I'll give this three out of five. Yeah. One out of five. Sorry, but you knew what I meant. I know. I know what you meant. Yeah. It's not the worst thing that I've seen so far this year. Not, not by a long shot. Tax collector and American pickle were much worse to me. Old guard to me was much more of an example of having an interesting premise that it just wasted on yeah. generic stuff. Um, Oh yeah, hey, how man. could we how could we forget the gems that are Fantasy Island and Capone? Oh my god. It's that's what I mean by it's yep. been that kind of year. Yeah, it really. Um, can I, but you know what? It's been a great year for our YouTube channel. Yes, it has. Something Absolutely. I'm very thankful for. Like 
it just is my driving force right now. So even though this wasn't the best review, I'm just like, I'm still glad we got to do this today. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. I'm just being honest, and I know it's a bit of a different Chris, but I just want people to maybe sort of wake up a bit and smell the, you know, the roses. Oh, see, I thought you were going to so go for your smell the coffee metaphor that you love using. No, I mean, I smelled the coffee this morning. That's why I'm so full of life and, and energy. And I think I'm able to be so clear and transparent about my thoughts on this movie. Yeah. But uh, so, Dom, speaking of our YouTube channel, we have a lot going on over there. A lot to be yeah, thankful we do. for. And so you want to take something here? You want? Yeah, tell we do. Our, our, our community top 10 list is almost up to 200 views. Let's see if we can keep it going there, people. Like, Who how? Thought? Seriously, how? How does this keep happening? Uh, yeah. yeah, we got a lot of interesting stuff coming up. We got, uh, in case you guys didn't know, Lovecraft Country on HBO debuted last night. And we've got something interesting coming down the pipeline for there. We've also got a oh, live. Yeah. Also, speaking of Lovecraft Country, I'm going to be starting this Friday putting out my first episode by episode review. And I'm going to try and follow it through. So, All right. Awesome. Even Can't if that's just like that. some extra bonus content, we maybe put out like one or two things a day now. I, I feel like I got to do it, man. Yeah, I, I've been a Lovecraft guy for a while, and yeah, I gotta, I got, yeah, I, I missed the episode last night, but I, I'm, I'm gonna watch it after we're off this podcast. We've also got the live Q and A that we're doing this coming Friday night, oh, so. Yeah guys are there tune in for this one uh next week for all you avatar fans i've also just recently put up my top 10 av favorite avatar the last airbender episodes also coming out next week we'll have our top 10 favorite avatar the legend of Korra episode um podcast not the top 10 our legend of Korra the special podcast. guest host yes andrew you say his last name i'm never gonna get it right how do you think it's said? I'd say Gilmai, but I know that's not how you say it. It's Jemai. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's funny. Jemai, Andrew Jemai, my co-host on Talking with Andrew and Chris, which is a show about life, music, and everything in between. We do episodes every Monday. It's about music for the most part, but we get silly and we talk about video games and everything. It's and Andrew's a silly guy. You'll see on that episode that he's co-hosting with Dom about our next ones. You, you'll get Andrew's vibe. And also... If you haven't checked it out already, check out the first piece of bonus content that Chris has finally put out. Our first episode of No NPCs Allowed featuring David of Flix Talk. It's still up on the channel. It's uploaded today on Monday, the day that we're recording. But yeah. for when this is released, Wednesday, go check it out if you haven't already. Chris and David had a pretty interesting conversation about video games. I picked up about 5% of what they were saying because I don't play <laughs> video games. But you it listened was pretty to interesting. It, I did listen to it. I really, okay. really enjoyed it. So I honestly, like, you know, you don't have to be nice to me right now. It honestly was interesting for a non-gamer. It was definitely. I think it, you could still use a little bit of work as far as your intro goes. But as far as the stuff, yeah, you guys knew your stuff. Cool. Like I All knew right. you would. That's the goal. Yeah. The goal is just to, because, you know, there is a cinematic component to video games. Yes, and I think are. to not notice that is just to, uh, you know, be stuck in a bubble, Absolutely. which is something if you, if you taken anything away from today's episode is don't be stuck in a bubble yeah, be a free absolutely. thinker be able to critically and analyze anything and everything artistic because i think that's how we get better art yeah um so yeah i'm glad you guys checked that out we we have no set schedule for that show it's kind of just like hey we're going to be putting them out from time to time because i play games and games take a little bit more time to get through than movies or tv shows yes they do so but we just you know that's the whole point with our channel is to just we're not one-dimensional people right like we have other interests we have other things that we enjoy artistically and we want to start to share them with you the so. one thing i will say though you better cover last of us i'm just saying right now you better cover last of us because when that oh, show gonna... comes out i'm not playing the game but i will definitely watch the show when it comes out on hbo yes. that's, that's what we're saving it for i can tell you right now we're going to be doing a look back at the tony hawk pro skater game next month when the remake comes out of the classic first 
PlayStation 1, 2001 Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. So we have a lot of stuff coming with that one. It's going to take some time for the playlist on YouTube to build up, but I think it's going to be worth it because I think there was a bar set pretty high in that first episode. And, and, and a lot of that's David, but you know, David knew way more than I thought he was going to know. So we got a bar to establish and a bar to set. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I really do. Because like I said, we are going to try so many different things with this channel. You don't even know what's coming. We're not going to spoil it right now, but they don't Absolutely even know. Not. No, they don't. This no, is just the don't. start of the new stuff. Honestly. Oh yes. We have four months left of the year. And like we said, people 12 seasons, 12 seasons and something else. I, I, and a short know. film. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the short <laughs> film will... 12 seasons in a short film. Okay, wait, wait to... be our thing, dude. Wait, 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 wait to completely rip off community that and is just a... like, do but our hey, own thing. But... If there was ever a mantra to establish for us, I think that's a really funny one. I ain't... Talking TV, <laughs> I 12 seasons in a short film. Oh, man. That's yeah, that's th that's not derivative at all. But anyways, people, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook at Talking TV or at talking tv podcast for all yes, the notifications please. that we have coming out and as always people watch more fucking movies or in this case tv or in this case play more fucking video games there's a lot of content out there just do all of it because there's nothing else to do right now